I, uh, I wanted to sing along, but I, I, don't, I don't sing in tongues. Okay, let's pray. Father, I do thank you for this day. Thank you, Father, for loving us. Lord, uh, I do lift up the Wilsons uh, and, and others uh, exposed and uh, have contracted the COVID uh, virus. Lord, uh, our hearts go out to them. Our prayers go up to you. Lord, uh, bless this service, each one here. Lord, you are here amongst us. Father, let us feel your presence. Let us hear your word. Let us walk away closer to you, loving better. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, I started out, I was asked to preach, and uh, it, it's always interesting. Uh, for 10 years, I preached every week just about, and uh, now it's just every once in a while. And um, the truth be told, I actually introduced the COVID to the Wilson so I could preach today. Uh, okay, I really didn't. That's not even funny. Um, but uh, as, uh, as I was contemplating what to preach about, uh, it became clear to me, uh, and, and progressively clearer, uh, about waiting. This idea of waiting. Uh, for instance, I have to wait until Chuck says, hey, do you want to preach? I have to wait. I have to wait for that. But um, I, I want us to think about is that Psalm 123 I see there? No. Okay. Never mind. Okay. I want you to think about there are three basic types of waiting. There's probably more if you wanted to break it down differently. But uh, I want you to think about waiting for, waiting with, or waiting upon. Waiting upon. And, uh, oh, that's much better. Waiting can be can be tremendously stressful, depending on how you view the wait. You're waiting for, you're waiting with, you're waiting upon. Some of the times of the inescapable, that inescapable pause, much more difficult than at other times. But again, think about those different categories of waiting, waiting for, waiting with, or waiting upon. Waiting for, waiting for, um, let me just get right into this. I was going to give you a, an example of when I was uh, still in Virginia in high school, and, and I would ask a young lady on a date, and uh, it was just, you know, the thing, you know, they were never waiting outside for you. Okay, you with me? You waited outside for them. All right, that's just the way it was. But type one waiting, waiting for. Have you ever been in that difficult, painful, tense, tearful, 
fearful situation. One where you're forced to wait. And there's really nothing you can do about it. Can't change your circumstances. You just can't speed things along. Perhaps you had to wait for an important call about or from someone you care deeply about. Maybe it's waiting for news about a baby just born, helpless, rushed to the NICU with an undiagnosed and apparently life-threatening condition. And you have to wait. Maybe it's times we find ourselves in right now. You turn on the news. And I, I hope you do turn on the news. Not too much. All right. But I hope you turn it on enough to go to prayer about it. But you turn on the news and you hear of tragedy. Possibly man-made. Or possibly something from nature. Something almost entirely out of your control. Perhaps a movement politically that is so contrary to reason or tradition or morality where you feel anger, frustration, sad, hopeless. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And again, there's very little you feel capable of doing to impact the lunacy and sin all around you. You simply have to wait for God to fulfill his purpose and plan. Possibly you found yourself crying out to God in anguish and wonder. Wonder if he's even there or if he hears you at all. Just read some of the Psalms. Any of you read the Psalms on a fairly regular basis? Okay. Crying out to God is not an uncommon theme in the book of Psalms. For example, in Psalm 61, or excuse me, 69, 17, it says, And hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. You hear that waiting for? You hear that? You should. Psalm 6, verses 2 and 3, read this way. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. I like that word, vexed. My soul is also sore vexed. But thou, O Lord, how long? How long? You can just hear the agony. Okay? I'm weak. My bones are vexed. I'm, I'm, I'm beat up. I'm beat down. How long? Lord, I want to tap out on this when you come in, but I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. How long? You're not alone. You're not alone in your pain and despair. You're not. Let's keep looking at it. 
That's waiting for. That's waiting for. We've all been there. And I do want to warn you. I'm going to take a pause now and warn you that everything I've been reading since or hearing. All right. Christine Quimby's back of her shirt. No more wait list. I see this word wait all over the place. I hear it in songs. I hear it in sermons. It's everywhere. Waiting. But again, start asking yourself, am I waiting for? Am I waiting with? Or am I waiting upon? Waiting with, this is point two. King David, as he sat down to write Psalm 25, shares a very valuable, very timeless, timeless truth. He's writing after the fact. The Psalms were always after the fact about something, all right? Whether it's after the fact that they learned about something or they had just gone through something. So in some ways, all of them are, in a sense, after the fact. This is after he had meditated to some degree, maybe to a large degree, on what he found to be true about his God. This is what God revealed to to David about himself, about, about God. God said, this is who I am. As I read this, please hear the certainty, the certainty of David's expectant resolve in his belief and trust in his God as David waited for God. Psalm 25, 3 says this. Indeed, that means factual. None of those who wait for you will be ashamed. That is, ashamed before God. Those who deal treacherously without cause will be ashamed. That phrase, wait for. Um, i got to take these off so I can actually see you. How many of you do word studies when you study your Bible? Greek, Hebrew, how many of you are doing word studies? Please, please, please develop that skill. You're going to find it so fulfilling. It's, 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 it's the difference between eating a hamburger with no seasoning and a hamburger with salt and pepper and a little cayenne pepper. Oh, my goodness. All right. Wait for, wait for. In, in, the, in, the, in the Hebrew here, and, and, and I'll be honest, I did not study Hebrew. I studied Greek. I figured it was the smaller of the two hammers they offered to hit myself with. So I took, I took Greek. Uh, but anyway, it's about waiting, to look for eagerly. It can mean to lie in wait for. That's evil. To linger for. But this is the one. To collect. To collect. To bind together. To bind together. Let me read this again. Indeed, none of those who wait for you, none of those who are bound to you, collected with you, will be ashamed. 
Okay, you're winning with. There's unity. Just as the two become one flesh in marriage. This is not, I did not give you uh, a heads up on Genesis 1-9, so there is no slide probably. Genesis 1-9 says this, And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together. That is the same word. All right, I'm not going to try and pronounce it. That's the same word as the wait for in Psalm 25-3. Okay? Gathered together. There's this unity. With. With. Luke 12. Luke 12-36. This is Jesus speaking in parables. This is about our readiness for His return. And you yourselves, like unto men that wait for their Lord, when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knock, they may open to him immediately. And you yourselves, ye, in the King James, and ye yourselves, like unto men that wait for their Lord. This is present expectation. Okay, this is this is not. I hope so. You know, um, I know probably none of you were like this, but in school, uh, when I was in uh, high school, junior high, I guess even into college, uh, when I would take a Greek exam in college, it would be you're you're going. Well, I hope so. You know, did you pass? I hope so. But with God, it's not that. When we're waiting for God, when we're waiting with God, when we're waiting upon God, it's not I hope so. It's just a matter of when. That's all it is. That's what we have here. Luke 12. And you yourselves, like unto men that wait for their Lord in in present expectation, when, not if... He will return from the wedding that when he comes and knocks, they may open it up immediately. Immediately. All right, we have one of those brittle water filters. All right, you stick it in the fridge, you got to fill it up. It's got like 18 gallons of water and you need three people to lift it in. No, it's only maybe about a gallon and a half. But when Joy sees me fill that thing up, all right, you're lifting this thing up. And if you don't leave the door of the fridge open, you got to grab it with your pinky. And that's where the word precarious came in. All right. But when Joyce sees me filling that thing up, you know what she'll do? She'll hang out. She'll hang out. And as I put the lid back on and I'm starting to walk over, she waits for me. And she opens that door. Not a great picture of waiting, waiting upon, waiting with, waiting for. You're right there. She's not in the other room. Call me when you have it filled. No, she's right there. She's right there. Okay? Together. Immediately. 
it's not, you know. The prodigal's father, I think, was probably doing that. He had lost sight of that kid. Acts 1-4. Acts 1-4. And Jesus, parentheses Jesus, and being assembled together with them, that's Jesus with the disciples, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise. Wait for the promise. What promise are we talking about? The Holy Spirit. Wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Jesus is saying, you heard what I said. Dad sending, you know, the Holy Spirit. But you need to wait here for it. This is where you receive it, right here in Jerusalem, in this upper room. It wasn't... Uh, Angie, I'll get to it directly. Uh, okay, directly, man. You know, it could be today, it could be next week, it could be, yeah, when I stop forgetting about it, directly. All right. It's a southern thing. But here, here, Jesus with them. Okay, he was with them, understand the flow here, commanded that they should not depart, but wait for the promise. That promise, from the time the promise is given until its fulfillment, is simply a pause. There should be no question mark, none whatsoever. It's just a pause. For the fulfillment of that promise. Waiting for with expectation. John sixteen thirty two. Behold the hour cometh. This is Jesus talking. Behold the hour cometh. Yea, is now come that you shall be scattered. Every man to his own. And shall leave me alone. And yet. I love therefores and and yets. And yet, Jesus said, I'm not alone. You can leave. Every person in this building were to leave right now. Just me. No, that's incorrect. It's me and God. It's me and God. It's you and God. Jesus said, I'm not alone because the Father is with me. The Father is with me. Understand this, when, not if, when things get bad, if you're in Christ, He's in you. You become born again, He is in you. Remember that song, No, Never Alone? Okay? We're never alone. Jesus is there. You're waiting with God. John 16:33 says this These things have I spoken unto you that in me in me you might have peace in the world you're going to have tribulation and all God's people said that's for sure be but be of good cheer you're in tribulation how many of you are finding the be of good cheer to be a little bit 
more of a difficult, yeah, we got to work on that. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's a promise. When we practice the very real and actual presence of Christ, we find we have the peace that is Christ, from Christ, and through the very presence of Christ. You follow me? Let me read that again. When we practice His presence, the presence of Christ, Okay, by, by that I mean every day, every thought, every hour of every day, every minute of every hour. Holding every thought captive to Christ. Whatever we're doing, the Bible says, do it as unto the Lord. We're focused. When we practice His presence, we find we have the peace that is Christ. That is from Christ. And that is through the presence of Christ. All right. That's the peace that comes from waiting with God, waiting with Christ. Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen, nineteen and 20. Most of you are familiar with this, Matthew 28. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things, whatever I have commanded you. And lo, repeat with me, I am with you always. Let's pause right there. Is there any time that a believer is not with Christ, or that Christ is not with them? Is there at any point where Jesus is not with a believer? That's not rhetorical. You can answer. Is there any time? Absolutely not. When you're waiting and it's difficult, I really want you to remember this one. I want you to remember it because I'm going to tell you Satan will try and steal your joy. He'll try and steal your peace. He'll try and steal your focus. He'll try and get you so emotionally riled up that you end up being stupid. That's a Greek word. No, it's not. It probably is, but anyway. Okay. Jesus, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world or age. Always. I don't know what you're going through. God does. And God says, don't bear it alone. Yeah, if we can share after service, we're going to have some prayer up here. Chuck Harrison and I will be up there. Uh, Maybe Joy. But I want you to remember that, yes, on an earthly level, it's not good for man to be alone. Bear one another's burdens. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. But I want you to remember that when we're all gone, God never leaves The Spirit of Christ in you is permanent. That was a promise. Matthew 28, that's a promise. I'm with you always from Jesus. Can Jesus lie? 
This is not a trick question. Can Jesus lie? Can God the Father lie? Can the Holy Spirit lie? So that when Jesus said, I'm going to be with you always, what do you think he meant by that? <laughs> it's not rocket science, kids. <laughs> All right. When is Jesus not with you or in you? Never. Never. I thought about this. Many of you probably know Joy uh, is retired English teacher, but English teachers never retire. They just correct others' grammar without being paid for it. And so um, a double negative came to mind, all right? He is never not with you. He is never not with you. You ever been asked a question that was so convoluted you're going, I have no idea how to answer that. Is he not ever always not with me sometimes? And you just, Can I move on to the next question, please? He's never not with you. He's always with you. Um, when I was doing my study for this, it became clear to me those three types of waiting. Waiting for, waiting with, or waiting upon. I want to encourage you about this last one. Because I think this is going to help clear up everything else. This is going to help put in line everything else about waiting. And it's waiting upon. When it comes when it comes to this waiting, the choice <clears throat> the choice is clear whether you should wait for, wait on, or, you know, wait with or wait upon God. The choice becomes clear to me what is the most important. When it comes to any type of spiritual waiting, we have to remind ourselves we're never alone except by choice. Except by choice. Psalm 25.5, this is about waiting upon this is where the rubber hits the road. This is the sign and symptomology that will indicate your maturity, my maturity. Joyce reminds me, stop saying you. It sounds like you're perfect, and I'm going, what's your point? That, okay, Todd got it. All right. <laughs> Psalm 25.5 says this, Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait... All the day. That word, wait, kava, I believe, carries with us this understanding of waiting upon someone or something. Waiting upon them. Do you understand? Just, you know, when, when I say wait upon somebody, do, do you understand what I mean by that? Because I, I want to make this crystal clear. Waiting upon them. It's a picture of a servant waiting to be of service to his or her master, whatever that master might be. Employee, your servant is your employer, or your, your, your master is your employer. Okay, you need to wait upon them. <clears throat> Think of going to a restaurant. Once you've been seated, uh, you may have been told by your host or hostess that your server will be with you shortly. 
A server is in no small way a servant of the guest. There to wait upon that guest. The guest, rightly so, has certain expectations of that server. The server has a responsibility to do all for that guest, everything that's possible to make them comfortable and satisfied with the offerings and service of that establishment. That's their job as a server. And that's us. Now, follow me. Stay with me here. We are not the guest. God is. It can be said of every true believer, every true follower of Christ, that they have invited Jesus into their life, much like a guest at a restaurant has in some form or fashion been invited in to dine, either through a direct contact, some signs, some publicity, a coupon. It's their invitation to come in. Remember, uh, remember in Revelation 3.20, uh, Heather, you don't have this, but you remember this is where Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will. How did you do that? Did I give you that one? Well, I'll still give you, Heather, the credit. You are awesome. All right. I'll come into him and we'll sup with him and he with me. In this case, in this case, Jesus is the invited guest. The owner of the house, the owner of the house, the house, that represents our heart. Okay? When we invite Christ into us, they say we can invite him into our hearts. That part that is central to us. Our thinking, our emotion, and that kind of thing. We invite him in, and then we wait upon him. If you have not invited Christ in to your heart to be Lord, to be Savior, you cannot serve him. You might do some things that are maybe not as detrimental as others or wicked or evil or whatever, but if you're not born again, ultimately you're rejecting God. You're rejecting the work of His Son. You're not serving Him. You're not waiting upon Him. We are to wait upon Him. Staying close to God. Staying close to Him. Be bound to Him. Allowing him to lead us and to teach us truth. That happens when he has been made Lord and Savior. The Savior part's easy. I don't want to go to hell. Anybody here really want to go to hell? You came and you said, I don't want to go to hell. Well, believe in Jesus. Great. You got saved. Part de. All right. That's French. Um, is now making him Lord. And everyone under the Lord waited upon him, serving him. Think of this. 
Isaiah 40:31 But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run not grow weary walk and not faint Waiting upon carries with it the idea of serving a servant waits upon his or her master It is simple to talk about these things. Bless you. It is not easy. It is not easy to surrender your will to anyone. It's not easy to surrender your will to anyone. Anybody got an amen with that one? How hard is it to surrender yourself and be a servant? Because I want you to think about Jesus. He surrendered himself. He gave up everything to serve. We need to do that. We need to think about it. What's it going to cost us to do that? What's it going to cost us not to do it? Giving up everything that you cannot hold on to versus trying to hold on to everything that you can't hold. You're going to serve yourself or you're going to serve God. You're going to wait upon God or you're going to want God to wait upon you. That doesn't go over well uh, in heaven. That never works. I want us to think about it. Change the way you think. Change the way you feel. You'll get a different behavior. It's about focus. It's about motive. Micah 7 7. Micah 7 7. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. There is an understanding that God hears. So what does this writer Micah say? This prophet says, I'm going to look to him. And I'm going to wait for him because he is the God of my salvation. You have to understand, he's not waiting for salvation. He understood he had it. He had salvation. But understand, the point I'm trying to make to us is that when we are going through something, those last couple of words, my God will hear me. It's a promise. We're going to be going through crazier and crazier stuff. We need to be ready. We need to be ready. Spiritually ready. Spiritually above everything else. There are other things that are important, absolutely. But our tightness, our unity, our bond with Christ, are we waiting for Him? Sometimes that will be the case, and it's not necessarily bad. But I want you to remember those two last ones, waiting with Him, and then ultimately waiting upon Him. John six fifty six. John 56, 6, or 6, 6, 56. And this is about the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table. 
He that eateth my flesh, Jesus said, and drinketh my blood, dwelleth in me, and I in him. We, we wait together. As we go through this life, we wait together. Psalm 59.9. Because of his strength, because of his strength, I will wait upon thee. Do you know his strength? Do you know your own weakness? Your own weakness is thinking that you're strong. Go to 1 Corinthians. Paul talked about the upside-down nature of things. Where's the wisdom? Where's the wise, you know, and all this? The wisdom of God. The wisdom of man is foolishness before God. So is the weakness of man. When we think we're strong, can do it on our own. Why do you think it says we can do all things on our own without Christ? Oh, wait a minute. No, that's not it. How does that go? I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. He strengthens you because he's in you. Let him loose. Let him loose. Psalm 123.2 Behold, as the eyes of the servant loom unto the hands of the masters. That's where they're looking. They're looking. As the eyes of the maiden unto the hand of the mistress. So our eyes wait upon the Lord our God. Until that he have mercy upon us. He's not going to leave us alone. Why would he? He sent his son to die for us. What, he's just going to leave you hanging? Kind of doubt it. But what he wants to do through all this waiting, this turmoil and trouble, what he wants to do is to grow our faith, our trust in him. Will you trust him? Will you trust him? First, if you haven't trusted him as your savior. It's receiving Him for who He is. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, Scripture says, and you will be saved. If you've done that, but you haven't grown, maybe it's time to grow. Maybe it's time to grow. Study His Word. Fellowship with believers. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for this day. Lord, I thank You for Your Word. Uh, It's everything we need doesn't teach us how to fix uh, a car, uh, doesn't tell us the bus schedule. But, Father, what it does tell us is how to live to please you because ultimately that's all that matters. Lord, help us to grow to serve you better. In Jesus' name, amen.